Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how eXp can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential. Hello and welcome to the Sales eExperience podcast. I've got a great interview for you today with Ben Morgan, who's a solution sales executive at the Technology Group in Leeds. Ben has a fascinating career from his four years working in, in tech and in sales and hope you get a ton of value from, from some of the things that he's learned from working in recruitment, sport and now selling technology. Enjoy the show. So Ben, thank you very much for joining me on the on the podcast today. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, it's really great to have you with us. So tell me a bit about you. So who, who are you and what is it that you do? Yes, I'm just a fairly simple northern lad from a little small town in North Yorkshire. Um, came to Leeds for university, studied uh, PE at Leeds Beckett, kind of as typical as it gets. Um, wasn't interested in teaching, wanted to earn money, get into the good world. Um, got a job as a business development person in a recruitment business in Leeds. Mm-hmm. Was there for about 18 months, uh, moved on to move into the tech world, like most people try and do. Um, and now I found myself a sort of leading business collaborative um, telephony business in Leeds, loving it. Uh, been here roughly about four months now. Um, really starting to get the feel of it and get to grips with everything. Um, so yeah, that's me as a simple format, but um, <laughs> helpful you to be done Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, tell me a bit about kind of what that was like when you graduated and got that first first job as a graduate. What, what was that experience like? Yeah, so I was quite I was quite privileged. I went to an assessment day for this uh, recruitment firm. Um, and I actually got the job before I finished uni. Oh, so I nice. went to a sort of underground assessment day, mm-hmm. uh, rocked up on a Saturday morning. A friend of mine actually worked there. Um, so she was like, oh, she put a, an advert up on one of the university job boards. And I said, I messaged her being like, oh, look, I'm looking for a job post uni. I don't want to be a teacher. Um, you know, do you think I'd be good at what you guys do? You know, is there any interest there? And she said, yeah, yeah, come along to assessment day. And she was probably licking her lips thinking, getting <laughs> 50 pound referral <laughs> fee here, I've got, got everything. Um, and she said, yeah, yeah come, to, come on to assessment day. We've got an undergrad one on this Saturday morning. Um, it'll only take up to three to four hours, maybe not even that, um, and just see what you think. And I thought, yeah, cool, no no sort of pre-ambitions, nothing. I kind of dropped up, um, took the day as it was. I really enjoyed the day. I really liked the look of the business. Anyway, they asked me to come work for them instead of going to work for their clients, which mm-hmm. was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, went back, had a couple more interviews with them in their offices, met different directors and different people, um, and was actually offered the job. Um, very different to what I was looking to at the beginning of uni to where I was at the end. Mum um, and dad were a bit, bit nervous, a bit worried about the whole sales and business development. Um, but yeah, coming out, it was, it was quite a nice transition. You know, they really got the answer to all the questions I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think I finished uni, I, I graduated. Um, I was in a sort of, within a month, I, was, I started. So awesome. I, well, I actually missed my last day of my uh, sort of academy process. 
due to my graduation. <laughs> so I was literally in the mix of it all. So nice. I had a couple of weeks off, went to Tenerife for a week and then got going. Awesome. So, yeah. So it's interesting that you said that you ended up doing something different to what you planned to do when you started uni. I'm going to guess that that was be a PE teacher. Yeah. So how, how did that happen? Because I'm guessing a lot of people study PE at uni because that's the career they want to go in. How did you kind of come to that decision? Yeah, so beginning, it's sort of middle of second year. Um, a lot of the stuff we were learning in, on the course was more around um, sort of process and mm. methodology of different um, educational people. and. A lot of what I learned from my placements and from teachers I've spoke to around it, you know, there's a lot of privatisation going on in schools and a lot of lack of funding. You know, teachers are working, you know, X amount of hours, but there's no real reward off the back of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought to myself, I was like, yes, I can do it. You know, I could do it. I could live that life, and that's fine. Um, but I want something that's a bit more rewarding, a bit more of a. I start work at seven. I finish work at seven. What am I going to get on the back of that? And you know, sales is the perfect opportunity for that. I wasn't necessarily thinking sales at the time, I just didn't want to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of it really, just the kind of consistent understanding of not really wanting to be in that environment, I guess. Yeah, and, and that, you know, my, my wife is a teacher by trade. Um, yeah, well, she, at the moment she's, um, she's on maternity leave and had already stopped before then. So right. she classifies herself as a teacher but isn't practising, yeah. I guess, is the, yeah. is the right term. And yeah, it just... Like, no matter how rewarding the experience is, there's a lot of pressure that comes unnecessarily in that profession and yeah. definitely not paid as much as they should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, so, you kind of make that transition. How, how did you find the transition from being a student to kind of working life and, and kind of what did you learn from, from starting your career in recruitment? Um, at first, it was difficult because you've gone from... Having lectures at uni where you can turn up to if you really want to, or um, I mean, it was stressful the back end of uni. Obviously, you got your dissertation mm -hmm. modules and finishing up. It was it was difficult, and you're working hard, long hours. Um, I've always been I've always been a worker. Mm -hmm. I've I've had a job since I was about twelve doing the paper round, pot washing in pubs, worked at Weatherspoons for three and a half years. So I know like I'm I'm happy with graft. <laughs> so that that sense wasn't bad, but I think my first sort of three weeks, I think my, my housemates realised I was living with. I came in every night and I just had just one beer. It wasn't, it wasn't anything big, it wasn't anything major. I just came in, had a long stressful day, banging the phones. I had one, I just had one solemn beer. And it was just, that's, I think that's when I realised I was really in the working world then. I was getting in and having to think about having one beer just to kind of cool off. Um, but yeah, the, the transition was fine. Um, I had the week off in Tenerife. And mm -hmm. My headspace was right, right, it's time to work now. Yeah. You've, um, you've sacked off teaching, you need to really get your head in the game if you're going to do this. Um, and recruitment, I mean, the, the business I worked for, they've got a really good onboarding process. Mm -hmm. It was three weeks where it was quite intense, but you learn all about the business, who they worked with, internal people, external people, um, like a sales fundamental sort of boot camp, mm -hmm. uh, the, the kind of long shot cold calling, you know, how they want you to position the business. So you weren't necessarily thrown at the deep end, it was more you transition for three weeks and then you were thrown at the deep end, mm -hmm. but it was fine because you'd done three weeks of the training. Um, you know, the initial shock of getting the no, nearly every other call was, you know, it's, it's not something I'm used to. Um, but, you know, it's part and parcel and, you know, you get your head around that and it's fine. Because um, so I, I got a nice few, you know, quick wins that were mm -hmm. quite, quite healthy deals as well. So, you know, I was quite lucky in that sense. Um, but yeah, the transition wasn't too bad. It was just, yeah, it is what it is. Nice, nice. So why, 
why change out of recruitment? Why did you decide to, to kind of look outside of that world? Um, to, you know, to be brutally honest, I missed my last quarter. Um, you know, the demoralisation necessarily comes, kicks in a little bit. Um, you're not necessarily, you know, you're questioning whether it's the right role. Um, and I've seen a couple of my other friends have moved into kind of tech roles, tech sales. And one thing about, the good thing about the business I left is that they taught you really good sales skills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, qualifying an opportunity, understanding where the buyer's at, um, you know, just understanding the sales cycle, I guess, in different ways and um, improving the sales cycle and developing it. So when I when I left, I kind of felt that I'd left with the right skills and it was just a good time to leave. Mm. Um, you know, some, some of the guys in the office that I was really good friends with and I got on really well and worked well with each other, they'd left the business as well for different reasons. One moved on to be a manager, one moved on to Australia, you know, do the typical, <laughs> had a job for a year after uni, can't hack it, want to go travelling. <laughs> um, and it just a couple of things like that added up and I just thought, it's probably the right time to leave now. No hard feelings, mm -hmm. you know, in all good terms, and then, you know, moving to the, the tech world. And it, it definitely sounds like, I mean, you, you've said it explicitly, but that it really gave you the skills you needed to go on and find that next opportunity and be successful in it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, we, we got a lot of coaching, we got a lot of kind of one-to-one -one time with our managers um, in my recruitment role, which is nice and it's good. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I think, you know, you come away with loads of different sales skills that when you're going into the, the world, I was actually quite interested to see how I could transfer it. Absolutely. And it was interesting to see how kind of other businesses don't use that in a sales process. Mm -hmm. And I guess partly one of the reasons why I was only in my next role for six months. Um, I'm sure we'll no, come on to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I guess, tell me, tell me a bit about that. Um, who did you join next and, and what was that experience like? Yeah, so it was, it was just a small money service business. I thought, you know, I've come from a 27 million turnover kind of powerhouse in the sales recruitment world. Um, you know, if, if you know of this business, you, it's one or two, you either like them or you don't, for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Part and parcel of being a massive business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Tesco isn't like my one, but you know, people love it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, transitioned into a small business, very entrepreneurial. Uh, it's kind of been a smaller group of kind of info sets, mm -hmm. security, um, web monitoring type businesses. You know, but at the time I thought quite cool, quite innovative. The guys that kind of ran it, um, you know, very clued up, intelligent guys, come from good backgrounds, strong mm -hmm. sales backgrounds, wanted to set their own businesses that they had. Um, I think it was just a timing thing. Um, there was a lot going on with um, the guy that I worked for his business, some home life and things, and mm -hmm. then just a lack of structure from the top down. Just, I just didn't feel like it was the right environment for me to grow and be, you know, be successful. I think, looking back, I'd have joined the business I joined now, um, straight away from uni. Mm -hmm. Sorry, straight away after the recruitment role. Yep. But, um, but yeah, it was just wrong timing, wrong, wrong opportunity. And I, I wanted to give it six months, you know, see Absolutely. how it played out. You know, you know, anything can happen in six months. Absolutely. Um, but I just wasn't enjoying it. And I, it got to the stage where it was getting to kind of five o'clock. We finished at half five. He'd already gone home, so I thought, oh, I could sneak off here. <laughs> and I, in my own head, I thought, if I'm going to be successful, I, I can't have that mindset. Absolutely. So I, I, just, got, I just took myself out of that, that environment. It's quite obvious. Yeah, and, and I guess you alluded to the fact that although, you know, a small business, you're always going to have less opportunity for coaching and enablement that's probably something that you missed, having that structure in place to, to support you in being successful. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, at this time, I'd only been in sales for, you know, a year and a half, mm -hmm. just, just shy of two years. Um, in, in the sales world, that's no, nothing. You know, I was a baby, I was an infant in the, the sales world. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I needed one-to-one -one time all the that's time, right. but just, I think, just a bit more of a structure, um, whether it be sales coaching, 
sales training or even just how's your day looking you know what yeah. are you doing between 10 and 11 what are you doing three and four you know i was happy doing it myself i came in every morning right what i wanted to get from the day how i wanted to do it very structured in my approach methodical i was nine to ten i was doing this etc um i think he kind of left me to it um you know hindsight again maybe um could have pre-questioned that in my interview you know could have asked a couple more questions around that um, I guess I was looking for a role these guys are bought into, so I just didn't really think of it at the time, I guess. But. That's all right. That, that makes sense. So tell me about the technology group. That's that's yeah. where you're at now. Tell me a bit about kind of the business and, and I guess why you, why you decided to join them. Yeah, so um, from my time in recruitment, I kind of knew of the technology group. You know, they're a good side business based in Leeds. If you're a recruiter in Leeds, you maybe daft not to have a look at them at least. Um, I was approached, you know, I went for an interview uh, with the sales director, Nick. Uh, real good guy, come from a strong Slaffy background, mm -hmm. proven salesperson, but you know, generally a nice guy as well, top lad. Um, sat, had penciled in for an hour, was there for two and a half hours at the interview, <laughs> um, which I think is always a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. But the best thing about it was is that when I walked in, I kind of got a good sense of the, you know, the office, the, the environment, and I said to him the two things that I wanted to take away from the interview was knowing a clear go to market strategy and you know, how are you going to develop your salespeople moving forward? And he kind of listed the six pillars of success that he's created. They've done, they've done I don't know if you'll see it online, but there's a TTG 2020 vision, mm -hmm. uh, 2022 vision, sorry, where there's a clear structure and plan of how they want the business to look by 2022 and, you know, how they're going to get there. And so far, kind of hitting all the targets they need to do. Um, we actually had kind of sales kick off at the beginning, at the sort of middle of January. Um, by certain statistics and by awards, we're actually the fastest growing tech business in kind of the north. Um, we're not going to keep that, obviously. We <laughs> can't keep that trajectory. Absolutely. But yeah, there's you know there's a real shared vision. There's an understanding of you know how we want to position ourselves, where we want to be, and it's kind of a one in all in situation, which I which I love. There's you know there's incentives as well. You know there's constant uh, reward. Mm -hmm. You know pe people know their stuff. You know, they've hired the right people, and hopefully that'll continue. Absolutely. That, I mean, it sounds like a, a really exciting business to be a part of. And um, yeah, no, really, really delighted that that seems to be working out for you so far. Thank you. So what, what are some of the differences you've noticed in terms of kind of selling recruitment services to selling technology? What are some of the things you've observed in that? Oh, well, I was <laughs> um, I think one of the main things is just the sales cycle a lot of the time. Because mm -hmm. recruitment can be as simple as... Um, you know, you're on the phone to someone in the morning, they've got a dying need for someone that you know you've got in, in your um, kind of portfolio of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, by the afternoon you can have terms agreed, you can have interviews set up for the next three days. You know, it, it can be sometimes as simple as that. In the tech space, there's a lot more to it. You know, you, you've got to think about sort of upfront versus sort of recurring costings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how it, you know, for, in what we do, you know, the, the telephony, the phones, you know, it's the lifeblood of a business. Absolutely. You know, especially working with, you know, recruitment agencies, charities, schools. You know, if the phones go down, it can be really, you know, disastrous for mm -hmm. bottom and top line. Um, so you've got to make sure that everything is covered. Um, so, you know, back-end technology-wise, front-end, you know, how it looks, how it services the customers. Um, so I think sort of the main transition is just the variety and what you can really be selling and how it all shapes up, mm -hmm. as opposed to... You know, sometimes it is just as simple as I need a sales executive that has 
these experiences or can provide this this sort of knowledge can you you know can you find them for this price so i think the transition's been more how you shape a deal how you understand the technology and how you position that with the customer to ensure that you know you are actually helping them as opposed to just showing something as well that makes a lot of sense it, it's definitely a like a scale up in terms of complexity yeah um, more solution led. Absolutely. You see the title of it, you know, yeah. solution sales executives. So <laughs> I can't do that. Makes complete sense. Awesome. So tell me a bit, you know, you're selling stuff and you mentioned a few types of businesses there, but who, who typically are you selling to in your current role? What type of job titles? What type of people is it you're. you're yes, yeah, so you've with? got you've got your IT directors, IT managers, head of IT, um, but inevitably at some point, CEO, your managing director, your finance director, procurement, you know, these people are going to get involved, even sales managers, sales directors. Because if you're if you're a business with twenty salespeople, they're on a dialer or they're using a CRM system. If you input a new phone system that doesn't really complement that or doesn't work with that, yeah, you know, that's going to affect your sales director, and he's going to be fuming that his salespeople can't hit the phone, you know, do hundred calls a day. Um, and even on the back end of that, you know, if they can't do any reporting, if they can't um, look at different statistics to see how the guys are getting on, you know, that that affects them. So day in, you know, you're speaking to different people every single day. And even in you know, a short time with the business, I've met operations directors, finance directors, MDs, IT managers. So it's a real, you know, real blend of people that you, you sell into. Absolutely. So with with your role, are you are you more inside sales, outside sales? How how does kind of a day in the life look like for you at the moment? Yeah, so you know, predominantly my role is to create new opportunities. Um, but you know, the nice thing about the technology group is that we've got a couple more senior guys. So, you know, if I create an opportunity um, with extra recruitment business based in Leeds, you know, myself and I'm my sales director or uh, kind of the senior sales guy we've got, you know, they'll come out with me. Nice. We'll go do the meeting together, um, you know, with the view that in another three to four months I'll be doing them by myself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the day, the day in the life of me is just getting from sort of eight o'clock do admin or any other tasks I need to, to kind of plan my day out until half eight, half eight on the phones, you know, trying to catch people on the way into work, you know, people on the mobiles, people doing X, Y, and Z before nine o'clock. Um, then, yeah, you, you know, prospecting throughout the day, whether it be through um, on the phones, email. I've had quite a lot of success with nice tailored emails. Um, then running other meetings, other calls, training, you know, typical, typical BDR stuff. Theory. Excellent. But then obviously getting the, the, the nice side of going out and meeting the clients yeah. and meeting the people that you're selling to. That's really, really cool. So I guess, you know, you've been there kind of five, five six months nearly. How, can, how have you approached that role in terms of onboarding yourself and, and upskilling yourself in that, in that journey? Yes, it's a good question because there's a lot of different elements to the, the kind of business and the solution that needs to be known. So from sort of week six onwards, I think, I, I kind of realised there's a lot of complexities to this. Mm -hmm. So I just, in a real simple way, I just created a list on Word of all the different areas that I probably would be looking at. And it's, it's really simple. We use a connecting tool, uh, sorry, a um, quoting tool called ConnectWise. You're probably quite familiar with it. Um, and I just looked at all the different tabs that we use to quote a customer and thought, what are the different areas I need to know for this? So whether it's the contract length, type of handset, um, the connectivity, data, service plans, and just basically made a list and thought, if I can learn this by this time, this by this time, this by this time, you know, I'm going to be halfway there. Mm -hmm. um, so I've just tried to create, be as methodical as I can, listen to people, you know, luckily, 
you know, TCG are big on training. So we've got our own training portal as well, which our CEO has tra- is recorded himself doing different training sessions on different areas. So it's like your VLAN, your SD1, um, different sales techniques in different areas in which we can position the solution. Um, so I've just tried to set aside X amount of time each day or each week to say, okay, by the end of this week, I need to know this, I need to know that. So at the minute I'm on the networking side of things, so it's getting quite difficult. <laughs> Very difficult. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to be as methodical as, as I can and just try and be as you know, process driven as possible. Um, with, with the help of my manager as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got monthly one-to-ones, you know, weekly sit-downs. Um, so I'm just going through with him and just seeing what, you know, what he thinks as well. Great, great. So you've, you've seen a lot of different salespeople in your career, both kind of on the recruitment side in terms of what people are looking for in, in salespeople, salespeople that you've helped place, and now in a business that's growing very quickly and so working with kind of experienced sales directors or the more junior people like yourself. What are some of the things you've observed as kind of key quality traits for successful salespeople? So I think number one, you've got to be, you've got to value your time in the best way possible, be as time processed as possible, time management. Um, I think all the best salespeople I know, they know exactly what they're doing at what time and when mm-hmm. and why they're doing that. Um, you know, they're not core, core sort of selling hours and you know they're not doing admin they're not mm-hmm. they're not faffing on with difficult with pointless tasks that can be pushed aside you know they're managing the time effectively and understanding what they need to do to inevitably hit their number um like secondly i think just just a sheer willing to work you know mm-hmm. it's graft it's grind you know it sounds very cliche but you know a lot of time it's nose you know you get a lot of nose you get a lot of pushback you get a lot of people saying you know they're not in the right time it's, you know there's no budget it's, you know x y and z just having that resiliency and just that sort of understanding that you know you've come away from a call you might have had a good call but it's been a no mm-hmm. understanding why there's still a no at that time and what you can do to then you know further down the line turn that no into a yes or just even give them a bit of a bit more understanding as to mm-hmm. why it is a no and what you can maybe do to help them as a business to ensure that you know it might not be a no moving forward um and just be open to feedback i think that's a really big one as well I think if you, I've seen a lot of salespeople that don't like getting feedback. You know, salespeople can be tricky. I think it's quite. I think it's bred into salespeople to be tricky at times. Um, there's nothing wrong with that because you know at the end of the day you're there to earn money for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're there to create a life for yourself. But you've got to be understanding that there are people that you know probably do know more than you to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, you know, take feedback as it comes. You know, ask questions. You know, why 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 have you told me that at that point? You know, why do you think that would be making better? Um, and also gain feedback as well. You know, you, people will hear you on calls and have their own perception on what you've just heard. You know, ask them, you know, I've just done this call, I think it was really good. I mean, we've got call recording included in other mm-hmm. things. So it's like, we, we've got a call, if I send you this call, do you mind just listening over it and, you know, give me reasons why you think it went well, maybe not so well, and move on from that. Um, so I think if you can do that, then, you know, you again, you're going to be halfway there, aren't you? Absolutely. It's, it's so interesting. I think there's a... There's a perception that all salespeople are selfish, right? But even if that's true, it's in everyone else's interest to help you be more successful within your business. If it's your manager, they want you to be successful because that's what they're measured against. If it's someone else in your team, if you're more successful and you close more deals, that gives them more stories to tell to help them sell to other people. So it's always in everybody's interests for everyone in the team to be successful. Um, And actually people that take that too far and get to the point where they think 
that someone else's success takes away from theirs are the ones that struggle and end up not improving and not developing themselves and not becoming as successful as they could have been. I think, yeah, very good point. I think you need to be selfish in your approach in the fact that be selfish in asking for time from your manager, be selfish in asking for, you know, talking to the service service director, asking about, you know, what's going on in the services team at the moment, you know, what developments are you working on that would make our solution even better? And we've just had a, a full rollout of a new sort of CRM today where it's, we've gone fully live, the business is fully automated through the CRM and, um, yeah, you know, the, the business are excited about it and so they should be. And I, I'm trying to be selfish now asking, you know, what, how's that helped you, how's that going to help me off the back of that? So just being as selfish in that sense, I think it's not necessarily a bad thing. Just don't Absolutely. be selfish in the way that you work internally and you work with your customers. Because it'll, it'll, it'll come across that way. I think in this new modern era of solution selling and being consultative, I don't think you can be you know, a bit of a lock, stock and barrel kind of salesperson anymore. I think you need to be a bit more attentive to what's going on in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. So true. Um, so what... It's interesting you mentioned mentioned kind of that that trend towards being customer centric and and kind of helpful. What what are some of the things you've noticed kind of in terms of? I'm quite interested in, you know, as an early stage sales professional. What are some of the things you've noticed about people coming in to careers as salespeople and kind of the way that they're they're thinking differently or or kind of falling into to old traps um, in terms of their sales careers. So I think that. I'm on the brink of being that sort of Generation Y, Generation Z sort of. I'm kind of in the middle of that a little bit. So I was born in '94, so in theory I'm on the I'm on the old style, the old style sort of. You're gonna sit down and do 150 calls a day, you're gonna be here all day, all night, and you're gonna to have to do that to be successful. Whereas I think, and not not rightly or wrongly, but I think the modern world now is you know you see a lot more four day weeks, you see a lot more health and wellness and well being, which is you know incredible. Um, you know, it's probably helped a lot of businesses. Um, um, you know, how are we able to be flexible in our work? You know, I'm able to come and do things like this because my business knows that you know I've done my X amount for the morning. So what can I do in the afternoon? But you know, I can come and do an interview in you know lunchtime because that's you know that's fine. It's my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've even in our business we've introduced Wolf Wednesdays, where every other Wednesday someone could bring a dog into the office. Yeah. Um, I know my health and well-being was improving. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there's just a real sort of shift in terms of, you know, how people are thinking and how people are thinking about the customer and the mm-hmm. consumer, because no one likes to be oversold to, mm-hmm. no one likes to be pushed, and no one likes to be thought of in that sense. So I think it's, it's in more sense, I think it's less about the, the junior salesperson because they don't really, you know, they're none to the wiser mm-hmm. in theory. It's more about management now. I think, mm-hmm. you know, how are they tailoring or how are they improving their workforce to understand the modern world mm-hmm. and understand the world that they're trying to sell into, based on what they've done. I think it's quite a nice, it's quite interesting, quite a nice blend of, you know, how can a junior person coming in understand, you know, the way the world's moving, based on typically what they're, they, you know, they're typically the buyers or people who are using it, as opposed to, you know, how's an older, more experienced manager then implementing that with them, you know, try not to step on t- toes too much, too much as well. That's that's a really interesting thought actually, and not something I've I've spent a lot of time thinking around, but it is actually. A lot more about the transition of the manager, isn't it? You know, I think, oh, yeah. There's all the kind of uh, conspiracy theory. You know, we go to school and we get told how to think and told how to be and all that kind of stuff. I, I genuinely think people would just figure out, okay, I'm I'm being told I have to make hundred calls. I'll go and do it. 
Um, you know, people are typically more likely to do what they're told than not. Um, but actually, it's the change in that management from actually we can make ourselves people more successful if we enable them rather than instruct them. Yeah. If we give them opportunities to be a more rounded individual, that will help them sell to more rounded individuals, um, which typically are hopefully going to be our buyers and the people we're selling to. So that's a really, really interesting thought. So what, what would be the advice you would give to somebody kind of entering the start of their career? So if you, if you look back on, you know, how was it, three years ago now when you graduated, what, what would you advise somebody to think about in that stage of their career? Yeah, I think it's a really good question because I think what you need to weigh up is, you know, what, you, what are you doing now to help achieve your goals? Um, so, you know, depending on where you're at in your life, you know, if you're single, you know, wanting to earn a load of money, um, quickly, you know, business business sales is probably one of the best routes to go down, um, just for that fact. But, you know, if you're looking for, uh, see you're in a relationship, you know, you want to, or you're looking to buy a house for the next three years, you know, again, you know, you're going to earn money pretty quickly, but, you know, is it going to be a stable amount of money in which you can uh, sustainably put it towards a house? You know, that's fine. Um, so I think just find the right, find a business that suits you, suits what you're looking to do, and suits your um, interests. So I'm not necessarily the most technical of people, but I know that what we do is interesting for a business because it's, you know, it's related to sales, it's related to cold calling, it's related to, you know, how a business process works and that interests me. Um, you know, if I've, not, I've not bought a house, you know, I'm 25, I've not got a house, but I know in the next three years I want to buy a house and I know that the, one of the lads that I'm working in with at the moment, he's very similar to me, single, you know, looking to buy a house in the next three years. Sales director, has a house, he's 31, you know, he, you know he's not, these goals, you know, it links in with what I'm looking to do because I'm, I'm with right, I'm with like-minded people. Um, so I think just find a business that suits you in terms of what, what you're looking to achieve, where your goals are, but make sure that you understand that the first two, three, four years, you know, they're not, it's not going to be plain sailing, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to be on mega books. That, you know, when you really start making a real change, a real difference and really start, you know, evolving your life, is probably kind of the three to five year mark, I'd say. Um, if you know, if I'm being honest, um, so just and make sure you enjoy it. You know, there's no, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in sales. A lot of people that will come away from it. I think the average sort of tenure of a job now is somewhere eighteen months. I think. Um, so I think if you, you know, if you don't enjoy it, you know, you know, you, one, you're not going to be able to achieve your goals, and you know, and then you're going to end up doing something else that maybe doesn't help you achieve those goals. So just be really mindful of what your goals are. Find a business that suits that suits them, but then also make sure that you enjoy it and it's the right environment for you to, you know, enjoy. Absolutely. Awesome advice and um and I definitely would echo echo those things. So a bit of a change in tack. What do you do what do you do for fun then? What do you do outside of work? Yeah, I mean, as I said at the beginning, I'm a very simple northern lad. Um, <laughs> I play I play a lot of football. Nice. I also play for the Lebanon team in Leeds, uh, Leeds Modernians. Um, playing the first team for them, somehow found myself a left wing back, I'm not really sure how. Um, also sent me by trade, might be the height, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just very simple, come to work, go to the gym after work, play football when I can, sort of twice, three times a week, um, you know, see my mates, do all just the typical stuff that a young professional leads would do. Um, you know, nothing, nothing mind-blowing, nothing, I've not got any, any niche sort of likes or anything, I'm just, you know, I'm just simple lad that likes to just... Uh, quite family orientated. I've got two young nephews. Nice. Um, one of them actually his birthday's the day after mine, so we've got we're we're quite close. 
Um, so, you know, I'm quite trying to see family as much as possible, but yeah, just kind of keep my head down and just go about my business quietly, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, thank you, thank you so much for, for spending your lunch break with me today. No, um, I guess it just for the audience, how, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about the technology group or, or you as a professional? Yeah, uh, well, I'm on all sort of major social media, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you know, drop me a message. I'm on LinkedIn, Ben Morgan, um, as part of the technology group. Um, you know, drop me a message on LinkedIn or you, know, you can give me a call or email um, through the website. Um, it's just Morgan at technology-group.com. Um, yeah, you know, more than happy to have a chat with businesses or whoever, you know, looking to upgrade their VoIP system or upgrade the phones and just want to know a little bit more about, you know, sales and what we do for them. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Sales E-Experience podcast. We'd love to get some feedback from you. You can message us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, search for EXP Recruitment and you'll find us at any of those sites. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful week. Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how eXp can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential.